0: todo con papeteyes. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy, pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Pa pa pa
1: As mothers we have learned that life isn't always black and white,
2: and we often find ourselves stuck in this gray area. A gray area of transition, a gray area of grief, a gray area of confusion. Today we chat with author and entrepreneur, Mary Lawless Lee, about
1: managing life when the only way out of our stress is going through.
2: We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela, I have a baby boy named Ford and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first time working moms, we're actually pretty different and that's totally okay because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Movement. Well, hello everyone! Welcome to Motherish. We have an amazing guest today. Uh, we have Mary Lawless Lee, and I'm so excited. She's launching her book. Was actually officially out by the time this is airing. Congratulations, Mary! Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a big fan of Motherish, and this is really cool to be able to finally, like, you know, meet you virtually and be able to chat
2: so happy that we were able to make this happen. I'm so happy with the book. It is a gorgeous, I want to say like a collector's item. It's on my coffee table right now. And I can't wait to share with everyone listening as we dig deep into a lot of the deeper themes that this book has. It's gorgeous in terms of like the aesthetic is beautiful. And I'll go ahead and we're going to share some pictures on social media. But I think the themes behind the book are very, very important for us to touch upon. And we'll go ahead and uh, dig deep into that in a few. But before, well, Karen's not here with us today. I miss her. She's in New York with Juan and victoria they're doing a little family getaway weekend so we send her a big hug and kisses so i'm just today it's just me pamela i'm motherish so why don't we go ahead and start with our motherish moment of the week so my motherish moment this week is ford my son who's two and a half and he's in daycare we just got an email asking us to purchase these pajamas for a holiday show and for whatever reason, he's never been in a show he's never been, you know, this is like my, my first experience watching him, I guess so I don't know what they're going to do, they could just stand there but I just started getting so emotional you know, just the idea of like witnessing my little baby, just doing anything, I, I know all the moms out there who have experienced this, I'm sure like it's very emotional the first time but for some reason the email, just like the request that we have to purchase these pajamas for the show just got me so emotional, you know and like such a reminder that he's growing up and he's becoming his own little person. And I'm just, I think, emotionally prepare myself for that. I think I've been dreaming about this for so long. I used to go to other children's and my friends' you know, children and just when I used to volunteer and just watch children perform at these holiday, you know, events. And it's just so emotional. I can't even imagine watching my own child perform um, during this holiday show. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm so excited. I already ordered the pajama he has to wear. I don't know. And it just got me really excited for the holiday season and also just for, for new, um, experience that I'm going to get to live with my son. So that was my motherish moment of the week. So why don't we go with you, Mary, and and why don't you share your motherish moment? I have to
1: say I love that because I've had that same reaction when I went to one of my best friend's little girls' plays. I have a three-year-old and an 18-month-old, so my kids are a little early for that, but when I walked in, I got emotional envisioning my child doing that same thing, so I can totally relate to that emotion. So my motherish moment this week, it's been a tough week. So my three-year-old and an 18 month old, and myself, I'm currently five months pregnant. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We're we're so excited. But this last week, we all had the flu. We were all so, so sick. And it just so happened to be at the time where my husband was out of town. Of course. Of course. So my husband's out of town, both kids and myself, we all have the flu. I'm five months pregnant. I mean, and, and not just like sick, but like 102 fever. And so it was really gnarly getting through those, like it was a hard like three days and then it started getting better. But it was a struggle for me to walk up our stairs carrying my 30 pound, 18 month old. And I just was like, this is like the bottom of the bottom. (laughs) So I'm thankful that we're all better and well, everyone's back in school and we're healthy. And I'm hoping this means that we got it out of our system before the holidays. It was a reminder of how much I appreciate when we are healthy and when things are running smoothly because it was it was a dark time, that's for sure.
2: Sick babies I always say are the worst. And for some reason the timing always works out whether you're alone or you're traveling or there's a million things going on. So I'm glad everyone's okay. <laughs> So why don't we formally introduce our guest today. I am so excited, like I mentioned at the beginning. She's Mary Lawless Lee. She's a mother, a writer, an entrepreneur, an author now, a digital media personality. She's dedicated to living creatively, chasing curiosity, and exploring the world through the lens of fashion, family, travel, and design. Um, She's been on this journey for a long time. I want to say she got ahead of the game very early on. What we call these digital content creator, you were blogging way before, you know, this whole wave of content creators. And I just wanted to congratulate you. I think you've been very, very focused and very intentional when it comes to what you were sharing, you know, and what started off as a fashion blog has really become into this little empire, like a business. And, you know, it really is tough for a mother to balance both motherhood, but also really lean into it and make that, you know, your, your business now. And I think you've done this in such a graceful way. And now with this book, Happily Gray, that is out already, you really open up yourself to, I want to say, more intimate version of yourself. You 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 know, for so many years, I think everything was so curated and the blogs and the fashion and now with social media. But I really, really got to know you a lot deeper and a lot better. And, um, you know, you took us on this emotional roller coaster for the highs and the lows and what led you to this. So why don't we start off, Mary, with telling us a little bit about this book, what it means to you. I know it has been an emotional journey for you as well. And, you know, what does it feel like to actually just have it out there now?
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much. You know, I really want to be able to tell the other side of the story. And Happily Gray, my book, really represents the other side of the story, the non-highlight reel, the process of getting there. I think there's a lot of beauty in that. Finding the beauty and the freedom in the
2: gray. My background, because prior to Digital Media World, I was a nurse. That's right, and you were a cardiovascular ICU nurse. Yeah,
1: so I was a critical care nurse in cardiovascular ICU for seven years. And working in such an intense environment that's so fragile. You kind of, as a nurse, you control everything, like all the drips, all the lines, all the medications, but then you also don't control anything at all. And so it's this really fragile place and gray space of life and death. And I learned a lot about the human spirit and the human body during those seven years. And that's where, you know, my journey of finding out that the gray really is, there's a lot of beauty in this gray space and the unknown and really embracing it. Nursing taught me a lot of that. And I've taken a lot of those same qualities that I've learned through nursing into this digital world now and into motherhood and, and just into day-to-day practice in my life. And it just taught me to keep my eyes wide open, um, to stay curious, to embrace the, sometimes the things that don't quite fit in the box, and to also embrace myself when I can't make sense of the way my body feels Or, you know, the way the emotions I'm having going through this moment with my kids and just kind of all aspects of my life, it's given me a new perspective on how I approach things. And that's a very stark difference from how I grew up in a very small town, black and white, very conservative. And so through my 20s, that was really when this journey started of finding the beauty in the gray.
2: And I think for a lot, especially women, but also specifically mothers, their gray area could be very scary, especially when you tend to be planners. You know, we like to plan things when they don't happen the way you envision them sometimes you become very the fear takes over. That's why I really love the title of the book and I wanted to kind of surround the theme of this episode around that about like trying to find the good in those transition stages in the gray areas. What was your biggest fear when you were writing this book and sharing these intimate moments?
1: Yeah, I think stepping into the vulnerability and because like I was sharing I've always tried to be authentic and kind of show both sides but I also really value a level of privacy and I've always set boundaries in place I think it's really important with social media Mm -hmm. and especially having now a family it's not just me you know when I was 20 operating this I've got two kids two dogs and a husband and have to respect and be mindful of their time and how I'm using my time with them and so I've always been more safeguarded with what I choose to share and what I don't but I always knew that I would tell the other side of the story I wanted to talk about my divorce at an early age I wanted to talk about my struggle with eating disorder but I wanted to to reserve it for a place that felt sacred. And writing has always felt that way for me. And that's why I reserved it for my book in hopes that, you know, I could take these conversations to social media and stepping into that vulnerability would create connection and community. Because sometimes I, I do feel like, um, and this is coming from someone that his job is on social media, I feel like getting vulnerable on social media can sometimes feel like you're just shouting something out or just communicating it. What I was looking for and what my hope is for this book is that we create real community and this opens the door. And so that's why I reserved some of these more vulnerable stories for my book in order to then hopefully open the door on social media. But definitely the hardest part about this book was writing and, you know, just sharing the other side of the story, stepping into the vulnerability and sharing those failures and how I got through them and how I learned to trust myself through them. Because it's is—it's really hard. But for me, there was no option not to because my path to recovery and my journey of healing was very much so affected by other women raising their hand and saying, hey, I've been there. I'm with you. You're not alone. And ultimately, that's what I want this book to serve. I hope that I'm very thankful that I have a platform and I want to be able to use it in the way that I can help other women, you know, feel supported and seen and heard in these like dark, dark, maybe scary times in their life.
2: So I also went through a divorce. And when I read, you know, and you posted on it, chapter five, I still think I'm grieving, like the life that you envision you would have. And when it doesn't work out the way you planned that it, it was going to be, it's a very dark, heavy feeling you have in your heart. I don't want to say it's failure, but you know, so when I read that chapter, and again, and this is before you know knowing a lot of the details that you shared, you know, you see your life on social media, and sometimes people, I think, get get even more stressed, you know, when they start comparing and seeing. But I think it's good that you in this book share the fact that there was a transition. There was a moment of darkness and there was, you know, and that you did work a lot on it and trying to come out of that, of that space. What advice do you have, Mayor, for women who are right now in that gray area, you know, and that they're still not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and they're feeling like they failed at something because whatever they planned didn't work out at this moment?
1: I always tell myself, cause I feel this too, in, in all different types of situations in my life. And some can be big, some can be really small. And I always tell myself to like stay in it, let myself be in it because there's opportunity for growth and learning here. Something is going to come out of this where I'm going to have a new perspective. The other big thing that's helped me during those great times is the accountability. And I don't mean having to shout it out to 20 people, one person, one person in your life that you trust, that you know, that knows your heart and knows your intention. I think having one person that you can confide in and trust makes all of the difference. It did for me when I was going through the start period of my divorce. It did certainly. It was huge. It was was monumental and it had to be there with um, my eating disorder therapy. And so I think that Accountability and trust in one other person's views during that time. And then you know there are smaller things. Like a lot of times I turn to journaling. I talk a lot about journaling and writing in my book. And you know, it doesn't have to be journaling, but whatever form of meditation that is in your life, whether it's yoga, whether it's running, whether it's a walk, whether it's you know, certain activity with your child. But for me, when I'm going through that, I gain a lot of clarity by just putting like pen to paper. And Sometimes it's hard to journal. Sometimes it's like, it feels intimidating to like muster up the confidence to really write stuff down. Cause writing stuff down makes things real, but that's what gives you the clarity. And I just find the practice to be really therapeutic and really honest. And so that's always something that helps me too. And I actually have prompts in my book. Um, there's eight different prompts that, um, if you don't know where to start, it's like well, a few of them are, whom can you forgive today? What made you feel happy today? What made you smile today? Just little things that might prompt you kind of into that getting down to those emotions and what you need to work through. But I love it. It's always been something that has served me through years and years and years.
0: Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawaii es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero.
2: From the entrepreneur perspective, Mary, I want you to share a little bit of your journey and the challenges and obstacles. I know people, especially during these gray seasons, you know, sometimes people are forced to reinvent themselves, to rediscover themselves, whether it's in a professional aspect or personal aspect, for whatever reason, right? Whether it is the ending of something because you were forced out of, you know, an employee, your current job, whatever that gray area looks like and why you ended up there, you know, From a business perspective, you know, what are some of the challenges and what's the best advice you could give to someone who is looking into reinventing themselves and just starting something from scratch?
1: I think we all feel this way. And if someone tells you they don't and they're in the entrepreneur space, then I wouldn't believe them because I certainly feel it that way a lot, especially when you have kids and you have, you know, a husband. Like, I think it's hard to stay creative And to stay in that mindset, you have to be really intentional about that um, in order to kind of keep it alive. And so my foundation, the basis of my creativity is rooted in staying curious. And I talk a lot about curiosity and childlike wonder in the book. In fact, the whole theme of the book is getting back to a sense of childlike wonder. The first chapter in the book is all about my childhood because when I think about my inner child and that childlike wonder, I go back to that place of me fishing at 10 years old on a farm in East Texas. And I think that for me, when as now a 34 year old in the entrepreneurial space, we have three different businesses. What keeps me creative and what keeps me hungry is staying curious. I talk about in the book how there's just keep your eyes wide open. There's so much more to see than what you think you're looking for. And half the time when I discover something, when I have this burst of creativity, it's not what I thought I was looking for. It's something over in left field. But if you keep your eyes open, if you stay curious, then you know you have an open mind, you have an open perspective, and more comes to you. That's like foundationally that has um, like served me well through this. You know, I also say, I also think, you know, with that, keeping an open mind, listening to yourself. Like for me, motherhood, I've always strived to try to find something that could marry my past world as a critical care nurse to now this digital world because they're very different. Like I used to take care of patients that had just come out of the OR after a six hour surgery. And now I'm posting on Instagram, my outfits. And so I've always felt like these worlds were starkly different. And so I wanted this happy middle ground. And for me, motherhood was the answer to that. Motherhood provided this path of me creating my own skincare brand for mothers. It's a pregnancy and postpartum brand. It's called NEMA. I knew I was going to do something in that lane, but it wasn't until I embarked and became a mother that really resonated with me and I couldn't get my hands on the type of products I wanted. And so I was having this conversation with my community at the time and other women were saying that. And so wanting to then, you know, bring products to life that were solution driven and could help mothers in their journey and their experience. And so I think, you know, just having that, just having your eyes wide open and being really intentional with what you're looking for has really served me well with that. And then just being grumptious. Don't ever let anyone tell you you can't do what you want to do. If you love it, if it's a passion, then go get it. And I will say we've had every problem under the sun and it's been a huge learning curve with our skincare brand, but it hasn't stopped me. You know, it's taken a lot longer than what we thought and a lot more resources because we wanted to do it in the right way. You know, I think like having that drive and passion and digging deep and finding that don't let the bumps in the road stop you because we all have them. And especially in the entrepreneurial world, that's part of it you're going to have those days, you're going to have those weeks, and that's how you learn. I think that's where you really have that deep appreciation of hopefully being able to celebrate one day when things do go right.
2: We had an episode titled Mom Dreaming, which is daydreaming and what moms tend to daydream about while they're in their day-to-day motherhood role. But in your case, Mary, I think you've been able to kind of, like you say, blend both of those worlds. And I think a lot of moms sometimes feel like once they become a mom they just don't have the time or don't have the strength or don't have the motivation, and they should be completely the opposite they should have all the motivation they have how did motherhood changed you for the better and how do you find the time you know to kind of I guess yeah. blend both worlds and make them both successful well one big factor I missed too in that last question is that feeds into this as well is asking for help
1: I have always been one of these women that I'm like I'm gonna do it all I'm gonna do it all I'm not gonna ask for help and Motherhood has broken me to the core and it's just broken that mentality completely. Like when people say you can't do it all, it's just a fact of the matter. You really can't and you need a team of people around you. And you know, whether that's friends, whether that's a nanny or whether that's, you know, I think all of our support systems look look different, but if you can find one person in your life that can be there to support you um, emotionally and mentally and physically, I just think it it just makes all the difference. And now I'm the first to raise my hand and say, hey, I can't do this alone. And so that's really helped me get through, you know, some of these, especially toddler stage right now. And just like, so hands-on that has really helped is that just raising your hand and asking for help. Um, it's, It's huge.
2: You shared a video where, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were looking at the book finally um, and your husband was there and you were like just in tears. How important is it to have the family support um, during these adventures and during these, um, I want to say projects, right? Because sometimes you kind of just gamble it all. You put yourself out there and I think it's it's a break it or, you know, it's a turning point to have someone that type of support believing in you and telling you, hey, we could do this.
1: Oh my gosh, it's huge. It's huge. I have these conversations every night with my husband. We are in business together, so we have to work really hard on boundaries with work, but it's constant. I'm doing that for him and he's doing that for me. It's a two way street with, you know, helping each other get cause get through it and take that leap and encouraging each other because especially as entrepreneurs, it's hard. It is really hard to, you know, push yourself and a lot of times the risk is really high and so there's a lot to lose but there's also a lot to lose if you don't and you'll never know and so we are constantly constantly encouraging each other and leaning on each other for support and I mean having a solid partner to do life with it's invaluable but you know I too I have friends that are single parents that amaze me and I admire tremendously because they have created their own support systems with other friends and just different networks around them. And I'm always so amazed by, my sister is one of them. Her husband passed away when he was 37 and she has stepped up and she has paved such an incredible way for her, both of her girls and the support system that she has created around those those two girls and herself is just. And so I think like as mothers, we step up to the plate. We do what we have to do, you know, whether that's a spouse or whether that means, you know, friends and family in other different in other different ways.
2: When you were writing this book, madam I'm sure you thought about in you know, NG constantly, right? Your children. What, like, were you very careful? So what were you including in the book, thinking about them during the process? For sure. Absolutely. There's many times where I felt like my little girl, Navy, is going to read this.
1: And I have a little girl and a little boy, but I think right now my mind always goes to her because she's a little older. But, you know, more than anything, the focus was being honest, because I want, I will talk to both of my kids one day about my divorce, my this or my that. I will tell them about the successes too, because I think it's important they see both sides. I think we, it's important that they know that I'm a human too. And this is how I learned. And these darker periods in my life, they served me well. And it's the reason why I am who I am today. And why I appreciate the things that I do in a whole new light. And so I actually think it's like incredibly important that she does read these things and she does understand so that she also knows there's acceptance past messing up and feeling like a failure at times. Cause I definitely felt that way through these stories, but, I moved on and I found acceptance of um, of myself and I was able to, you know, like deal and work through the shame. And I want her to see that because I also want her to have those tools to be able to do that in her life.
2: Now that you mentioned the word of shame, right? Because I feel like women carry so much pressure on them. Can we just touch a little bit upon that, about about the shame and what was important for you to, I think, empower women in terms of like, you don't have to live with the shame. And if you do, there's a way to get past it. I mean, shame is, (laughs) shame
1: to me is such a hurdle. And a lot of the stories I talk about in this book were rooted in shame. And a lot of the work in my journey in the beginning of healing was facing that shame. Head on, but one thing I learned is shame can't survive in the light. And allowing light to come in, you know, makes that shame smaller. And that's why I decided to ultimately share these stories. Even though like stepping into that vulnerability, like we were talking about, is really hard. The more you share, that shame can't survive in the light. And I think it's really important um, that accountability, the being honest so that we don't feel like we're alone in our shame. Shame loves secrecy. And when we do open up and we share, we get honest with ourselves and with one one other person. You know, it really gives you strength and it empowers you. And I deal with shame a lot and mom guilt a lot as a mother. I always heard my friends talk about mom guilt and I just, you know, kind of thought like, hmm, I wonder if I'll experience that. Little did I know. Yeah, it's it's like all around you. And then you feel shame from
2: that, you know? And what you're saying about like just opening up and the more you share, the more liberating it is. I totally spoke to me, so I love that. And just to finish off, Mary, what do you hope women to take from Happily Gray? And what type of women do you think should be reading this book?
1: I, I think, you know, I included chapter two around my eating disorder because the 23-year-old version of myself was staring me in the eyes, looking at me telling me, you need to do this. You need to include this. I hope the 23 year old, the 18 year old reads it. I hope the 80 year old reads it. Cause this book is about getting back to childlike wonder and staying curious. And I think that's applicable to any of us, man or female. Like, I think that any of us can take that away. My greatest hope for this book and the reason why I I did write this book, because I hope other women feel seen and heard and not alone. If they're going through these dark times, if they're embarking on motherhood, I just hope that they find themselves in these stories and kind of raise their hand and say, hey, me too. I've been there.
2: It definitely spoke to me. Thank you so much for joining us, for being so open, and also for putting these beautiful i keep going back to it aesthetically it's a gorgeous book and i love that you were able to find that perfect middle point in terms of like it's a coffee table but it's actually an amazing story and and like you said we got to just keep our inner child alive and if not just go back to it go back to it and find that little girl within us
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. This is such a treat to be able to join you guys today. Thank you so much, Mary. Yes, you guys, I would love for you to um, follow me for updates at Mary Lawless Lee. The book launches November 15th on Amazon, Books A Million, um, just any major retailer. And you can get updates on happilygray.com and Mary Lawless Lee.
2: Thank you so much, Mary.